Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. I'm Alora Murray. And I'm Sarah Jenkins. Thanks so much for joining us. And Alora, growing up, were you ever picky with food? Were you one of those kids that had food aversions, like so many? I, I feel like I wasn't that picky as a kid, but I remember specific foods that I was, like, offended if they were near me. <laughs> I grew up hating avocados. Oh, I did not yeah, like them. That's a popular one. But now, if I have the option... Uh, to put avocado on something. I'm like, I don't care if it's extra. Just give me the avocado. <laughs> but as a child, I would have been like, how dare you even put that on my plate? Like it needs to go on a separate plate, separate table. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was that way with eggs. I love eggs now. I eat them every day. So it's funny how your taste can change. I had a really great conversation with Dr. Manasa Mantravati, and she talks all about how we can help kids really be more um, adventurous with their foods. So I really enjoyed my conversation with her because I think kids and adults can all kind of use to expand our palate. I, I love that. Well, and I think sometimes, you know, mealtime can be a fight. Um, my nephews aren't super picky eaters, but I know there are certain things that can make mealtime a little more difficult. So let's Absolutely. hear her advice. Let's do it. Hello. Well, I am so excited to be speaking to Dr. Manasa Mantravati, who is going to help us parents really deal with mealtime battles with our kids. This is something that impacts so many parents. Welcome, doctor. So great to speak with you. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to really chat with you. And I this is very close to home because I'm a mom of two young toddlers. Um, I see that you're a mom of little ones, too, and you're a practicing pediatrician, so you have a lot of experience in this realm, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> yes, um, I do. <laughs> let's really off the bat, like what are some of the most common mealtime battles that you end up seeing? Oh, with children, it can be anything, right? I get parents um, who say, oh, they won't eat the vegetables. That's a really common <laughs> one. My food is touching. I mean, these, these toddlers are so creative, you know, the food's too hot, it's too cold, it's too plain, it's too boring, it's too crunchy. And so really what all of this is a sign of is kids put up a fight at mealtime. If you think about it, mm -hmm. it's because the one area of their life they have control over and independence on. Mm. And so if you think about it, everything else you really control, right? Like, and what they put into their body, what they physically pick up and put into their mouth you can't force it. It's the one thing that they really have power over. Right. And so what I always tell parents is don't make it a power struggle and just repeat the mantra. I am the server and they are the consumer. <laughs> and sometimes consumers just don't want to eat the food, but that doesn't mean you stop serving it. You know, as long as you're plating, um, you know, a healthy variety and portions of food, that's your job. Um, and, 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 you know, the more we struggle over it, the more they resist and, you know, exert their power. You are, you are preaching the truth there. That's something that I personally have seen a lot is, and it's so hard to not want to keep pushing, like, just try that vegetable or, you know, what do you mean you don't like that texture? Or even if they can't speak, you can just tell by their reaction, but that's a very good point. And I think so important to remember because they don't feel like they have a lot of control. So maybe that's just kind of them trying to practice their autonomy, I would imagine, um, yes. and putting yes. up this fight. Um, you have some steps though, I understand it kind of in making mealtime battles a little easier for parents. So what are some tips that you have? Sure. So it actually goes back to autonomy, right? So where they feel like they have some control over it. So for example, getting meals, 
um, getting children involved in meal preparation is one of the best investments you can make. <laughs> and it's because, again, they're, they're buying into it, right? So mm-hmm. if you have them help you wash the produce or grate the cheese, and even for some of the um, older kids, early knife skills, mm-hmm. um, as long as you have supervision and age-appropriate knives, um, or putting the groceries away or choosing which, you know, two vegetables they're going to put in the meal. Yeah, Those things are, again... Them. Exactly. Because now that they've contributed to the meal, they're more likely to be interested in eating that food. I love that. That's really, it gets them more invested and excited about it. And I was fortunate enough in that I had parents who loved cooking and I remember them involving me and it it really made all the difference because you feel a part of something and it kind of, I would imagine, makes kids a little more creative. Um, yes. Yeah. It makes, it makes the whole experience fun for the family when you're doing it together. Right. Um, and you don't feel just so alone as a mom slaving <laughs> over the, you know, the stovetop. And it really is a group effort because that's what really a family is. It's a team. Right. Kind of put them to work, but in a fun way. <laughs> yes, and, absolutely. And eating meals as a family, would you say that that's an important pastime, you know, good for a family overall, I'd imagine, right? For that closeness? Yes. So actually there is scientific data that supports that eating together around the family dining table at least three times a week actually improves the health outcomes from children. And that's from, you know, physical, emotional, developmental, and really truly like actual health outcomes. Um, You know, children who do this with their families are less likely to be overweight, less likely to have um, other health issues in the future, and then just overall have healthy dietary and eating patterns on their own as kind of teenagers and adults. So, um, and, and more than, you know, we, we always talk about health, like, oh, your organs, your heart, your lungs, but also it's the mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we are connecting with our family and we are completely disconnected from all the other things that are going on in the world, sure, yeah. um, it is such a great time to bond with your child, especially in those teenage years when they kind of stop talking to you. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. a great time. Yeah, it's a great time to reconnect and ask them um, what happened in school. And so it, there's a lot of, lot of health, true health benefits to a family meal. And speaking of which, kind of like connecting with your family, being present, being focused, what are some things that we can do to really be in the moment um, and, and be listening to each other and catching up and connecting? Um, are distractions, are there some ways you can limit them? Absolutely. So I do have one rule that I, I really feel strongly about, and it is no media away, like at the table. I like that. And that's, yes. that's really important, not just for the connection. You know, you, you see all the time, you go out to restaurants and everybody's on their phone or their iPad and no one's Everyone. really connected. <laughs> Everyone. It's and, true. And I'm even guilty of that. Sometimes if I've made dinner yeah. for my kids um, and they're eating before me, it's easy just to kind of have your phone and be watching them. And, you know, and it, uh, to be honest, I'm not always present, you know, it's such a good reminder. It, it is. And it is actually, again, health outcomes because there's that degree of uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also you're modeling behavior for that child. And then, um, another really important one is that we, when we, even as adults eat, while we're distracted, we tend to eat more and we tend to eat unhealthy. And so that's really important because when you're kind of focused on that meal and the people around you and the food in front of you, you are more likely to um, take those 
what we call satiety cues or that feeling of fullness and feeling of, you know, Hey, my body feels good. Um, We kind of overlook all of that when we're just blindly eating because we're watching TV or on our phone. So same goes for, same goes for kids. That's such a good reminder. Okay. Well, we talked about eliminating distractions. Let's talk about eliminating another thing, which is plastic. Why is this so important? Yes. So, you know, everyone knows plastic's bad for the planet, right? But actually in 2018, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is a group of 67,000 pediatricians, published a report that actually talked about the harmful chemicals in plastic being bad for children's growth and their brain development. And the reason that is, is that the chemicals in plastic look like our naturally occurring hormones. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of go in and wreak havoc in our children's little bodies that are growing and developing. And these hormones are really important for, you know, for example, their brain to grow with thyroid hormone, for their bodies to um, go through puberty at the right time with estrogen, Mm -hmm. um, for their body to process sugar because of the pancreas. So um, that's why chemicals in plastic, we actually say to avoid it, uh, to serve and store food because it can interfere with the children's hormones growth and development. And rather use glass or stainless steel instead. Okay, that was going to be my question. What would you say is an alternative? And I'm so glad I'm talking to you about this specifically because I feel like I've just scratched the surface and kind of my own personal journey of like I've heard about microplastics and how they're occurring on so many things. And I think about that sometimes. I'll have a water bottle plastic and give it, you know, to my toddler because they want to sip. And there's so many things, um, so many ways that this can adversely impact them from what you're saying. So it's good to be Mm -hmm. mindful. Um, speaking of which healthy snacks, what are some healthy things that we can give to make mealtime a little easier with our little ones? Yes. So, um, snacking is such a great way to get kids involved. So I think a lot of times we think about packaged snack foods as an easy, convenient choice for after school, but you know, a lot of times they add a lot of at, you know, empty calories, not enough nutrition. Um, but I try to remind parents like snacks don't have to be complicated. Um, Mm -hmm. Most kids don't actually get the recommended of fruits and vegetables. So, you know, having fruits and vegetables as a snack, I think people overlook that as a snack, Mm -hmm. um, is a really great way to incorporate their intake of those. Um, And for little kids, they love dips, you know, it's just a kind of a a very normal, natural developmental stage. So if you pair those fruits and vegetables with some fun dips and, you know, make it very interactive, they're more likely to eat it. I have Um, a dip lover. I'm laughing because I'm thinking I have a a video speaking of social media and not, I should not be taking these, but, but it's so cute because she loves, um, uh, hummus and she will dip Uh everything in like Ritz crackers or veggies. And I'm like, I'm here for it. You know, that's healthy, but it's, it's fun, right? For, for little ones. (laughs) And and that's okay. Because remember, um, you know, most kids in the United States really, truly don't get their amount of fruits and vegetables. So if you have to add some dip to it, that's totally (laughs) fine. And, and I think the other thing is remember kids, Um, It goes back again to the independence. So when you have healthy snacks at eye level, um, when they open that fridge and you have, you know, let's say a bowl of strawberries or pre-cut whatever of of fruits and vegetables, they see it in front of them and they can grab it. A lot of times what we do is the things at the shelves um, that are accessible are all of our packaged food. So don't forget that snacks don't have to just come from the pantry, but they can come kind of from the produce drawers as well. I love that. That's a great reminder. How would you define kind of a healthy curve when it comes to picky eaters? Is there such a thing as kind of a healthy curve by definition? Is that just referring to kind of um, like a a learning curve or? 
Yes. So picky eating is kind of just natural. Okay. So I think that's what one of the biggest um, concerns that parents have when they come into the pediatrician's office is, um, you know, my kid's not eating enough. But then when you actually look at their growth um, and development, they're growing in normal and, and developing very normally along mm-hmm. that bell curve. And so picky eating is a function of kind of, again, what we'll talk about is independence, is choice. It's just kind of um, sensory development. They're just learning the world in a new way and have some autonomy over, over what they eat. So picky eating is very kind of natural. And remember, I think most people don't know this, but you really do need to offer a new food seven to eight times before they're actually comfortable eating it. And so when we think about that, what we define as picky eaters as parents, mm-hmm. um, when I put my pediatrician hat on, I say, oh, that's not really picky. That's actually kind of normal, right? So if your kid yeah. doesn't eat broccoli on the first try or the sixth try, that's pretty <laughs> normal to me. I wouldn't call him a picky eater, you know? That's a good um, reminder because yeah. I, I didn't realize that. And um, I remember giving one of my, my kids um, avocado and it took them several times until, and, and that makes sense if you think about it because everything is new to them. They're, they're new to this world. <laughs> everything so. is new. And, and you can also think about that. You know, my, this is a real rural example. My daughter used to love raspberries mm-hmm. uh, when she was little. And then one day when she was a toddler, she just didn't want them anymore. And what I realized is she just didn't like the softness of them. It was a sensory thing. Mm. So then I just froze them and then took them back out and she gobbled them back up. So sometimes even the same foods can have refusal at different ages and stages. So just, you know, for most parents, you have to know as long as your child is growing normally on the growth curve and developing normally per your pediatrician, like They'll eat eventually, I promise. <laughs> that's so, you know what, that's so reassuring because I think as parents at the end of the day, we all are really trying our best and we're just trying to make sure yeah. that they're healthy and as you mentioned, on the right growth curve, getting that variety of foods. Um, any other tips just in general for parents who are struggling with kids at mealtime? You know, just make mealtime fun. I think one advice that uh, I was that I received from a, you know, a grandparent is like, just do the things as a parent that, you know, make your kids smile. And I just <laughs> I like loved that because it was so simplistic, right? Because mm-hmm. we're, we're so as modern day parents concentrating on all the things that we have to do to keep them healthy and make their brains grow and you know, <laughs> all get them the off things. to get straight A's. And it's like, just let them be kids and smile, like enjoy this time, mm-hmm. make mealtime this, you know, we, we live in this plastic processed kind of plugged in world. Just get back to the family dining table, get back to reconnecting over food and just enjoy those moments. And when you do that, you naturally like mealtime won't be such a battle. I love that. I really enjoy talking to you. You have so many good ideas and tips. And I like, I mean, my takeaway I've gotten from all this is really simplifying and being intuitive and present. You know, we're all, as I said, just really trying to make sure that they're healthy eating and they're not super picky and you have so many valuable tips. Um, Doctor, where can we go for more information? Yes, absolutely. Um, So I'm a practicing, I'm a pediatrician by training, but I have a um, company that actually offers stainless steel dinnerware for kids so you can get rid of that plastic and we actually show you how to have healthy varieties and portions of food. So you can go to Ahimsa home.com, A-H-I-M-S-A-H-O-M-E.com. Okay. And we've got lots of great resources, um, links there, because um, again, we really care about what's in and on your child's plate. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Fresh Off the Set. It's been so great to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. 
And we would like to thank you listeners for listening to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We would absolutely love to hear from you and we will see you next week. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.